Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. I'm not sure if I could be more pumped today. I am pumped for today's program. Sean Sinclair, good, good Wednesday to you. Are you pumped? I think I'm half pumped. What's your pump level right now? I'd say uh, it's over 50%, but uh, it's not full pump. Well, Silly Claus, <laughs> it's coming like a month early. I've got my Christmas hat on today. I'm just trying to try it out, okay. see if I can rock it during the holiday season. Cinco, do you get the feeling that we're about to have a here a good portal, so-so portal, very good portal, or great portal? What's going to happen here? I think we're going to be. Uh, I think we're going to be so so portal. I don't know how you'll know that, right? Uh, when it happens, but a um, couple things uh, working against. Uh, well, not against us, but yeah. it would be nice to. It'd be nice to be ten and two rather than eight and four, like we were last year. Uh, the good thing is, right, apparently, we have. An established NIL program. It looks like we have a, a strategy and a staff that's working behind the scenes to get this stuff evaluated and get the proper information to the uh, decision makers. Uh, we have immediate playing time. Uh, we're playing a great conference. Uh, Josh Heupel's name is his offense, et cetera, is known throughout the country if you're a football player. But uh, for the high-level kids, uh, the NIL money is going to be the same no matter where you want to go. And uh, some other programs are a little high, higher profile, so it just depends. We're already seeing the money explode. Now, Watson Brown's going to join us here momentarily. Wednesdays with Watson. We'll talk um, <clears throat> about some of the stuff, what he's hearing, SEC championship game, etc. We had John Bryce on here yesterday. It was incredible. And uh, Bryce said, you know, he'll jump on with us uh, during this period, which he's a great resource. John said, Tony, the, the thing that's really going on right now, and he, he kind of took us all under wings on this deal. And I, I made some calls last night, and I found what he said to be accurate. Not that I was double-checking behind him, but I was just asking me, what are you hearing? 
Sean, the athlete now on these campuses are going to these coaches and saying, hey, if you don't pay me, I'm going to the portal. And they, the kids that are currently on these teams, want the lion's share of that money. Everybody's chasing the money. The coaches are chasing money uh, and opportunity. And that's what they've done to this system. And I just think it's really interesting. And the other thing is, you were talking about this, and I'm trying to temper expectations because I don't don't know what to expect. Because it's not like the run-up to recruiting season where you know these are the guys you're involved with. There's a mystery here. So Portal Dave is going to help us track it over at uh, tclub.team. And we've got several folks behind the scenes, including X, that have their ear to the ground. And we know that Tennessee's involved with several people already, and we're trying to figure out fact from fiction. The truth is, Sean, you better be involved with several. I would think, talking to Matt Dixon yesterday, X thinks the number somewhere between 10 or 12, give or take a, give or take a few, that Tennessee's going to add here across multiple positions. And um, we were writing about Vice and Lang in the, um, in the blog, an interior lineman who's a freshman on their class that they think they're going to be able to put on the field next year and is going to play productive minutes for them. They love him. Um, if uh, if Mays leaves, they could put him at center. If not, they could. They feel like they could plug him in at guard and let him go. He's a massive kid right now, 338 pounds. Probably to lose 15 or so, 15 or 20 to play center. He's a massive guy, but they say he can really move. And, hey, that's a luxury to hit on a guy and know you've hit on a true freshman that you feel like you can get on a field uh, within a year of him getting on campus. I mean, that's like winning in the portal. That's why I had that nugget in the blog uh, over at tclub.team. So we're going to try and track this thing as best we can. But one theory theme that's emerging here, and I talked to Bryce off the air about this as well, is that a lot of these kids are going to jump into the portal and we're going to think they're available. Really, they're agitating from their current school for more money. It's like, okay, I'll show you. You don't believe me? I'm going to go fill out the paperwork. And you know what, Sean? It's hard to blame them for that. No, it's not. It's the system. Uh, but uh, always remember that the, the program, um, the coach, will always have the upper hand. Because they've got a job. And uh, very few of the players, it, it sounds like the team would have a turnover. Like everybody's going, where's my money? Well, guess what? There aren't a whole lot of, with all due respect, there aren't a whole lot of players on Tennessee's team right now that could command big money. They might be necessary. They might be needed, but they're not essential. Blake called um, so, them replacement level players. He thinks the Vols yeah, have a so roster. Where, so where are they going? I mean, you can okay. Hey, coach, I tell you what. Uh, uh, you know, I've been really been thinking about this stuff, and I think I'm gonna uh, look in the portal. Bye. Thank you. Turn your stuff in. Yeah. And guess what? Uh, 
if you if you're not getting money here, if you're a backup or you're a marginal player, you think you're going to go uh, higher up in the stratus of college football and get mo- no, you're not. You're gonna, the only That's way you have to go is go down. And if you go down, your NIL opportunities lessen. You're not you're not going to MTSU and 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 collecting a check. You're not going to UCC. You may go to Mississippi State. Okay, smell you later. But these kids better watch out because, like um, Portal Dave said, or whoever it was uh, the the gentleman we had on last week who was fantastic, who has that website. He was talking about how. You know, this stuff is killing high school recruiting, and it's only one layer above. I mean, it's, that's one layer below um, uh, the kids that are good players but not great. The great, the great high school kids can still go anywhere they want. That's right, and will and will never be without a scholarship offer in high school. But once you get into college and you've proven that you can't play, you're done. You're done. I, and I feel for those guys. Okay, if you're an offensive lineman, if you're a DB, if you're a defensive lineman, et cetera, and you're not showing all-conference potential right now, and you're leaving because you can't get on the field at an 8-4 and team, where do you think you're going? And so I think a lot of these kids, I won't tell them what to do, but as we heard last year, I think John Bryce or someone else said last year that, Thousands and thousands and thousands of kids were left without an opportunity last year. They got in the portal. No one wanted them. Well, now where's your NIL? Where's your scholarship? Yeah, Blake Topmeyer used a term yesterday. He said, look, you saw this when Tennessee had a few injuries to their frontline guys. He said they right now, they're three years into their rebuild, and it's still a rebuild. People say, well, you know. Portal year, portal era, and Josh Heupel's great. And and it is a portal era, and Josh Heupel's very good. Those are two things I readily acknowledge. However, Tennessee's roster to this point, and a bunch of the guys he's brought in, which, you know, he was squeezed. Um, but a bunch of those guys to this point have distinguished themselves as, which, you know, in Major League Baseball, the term is a replacement level player, which means an average player. Nothing exemplary. Uh, We use the term difference makers. Here's the thing, right? Looking at Tennessee's wide receiver room, and Blake was like, hey, man, Tennessee's got to get a – they've got to get a a wide receiver that can make plays in traffic. I mean, they got to get a tough guy and catch balls. He said, I'm not sure they have that on that roster right now. And and maybe you're five-star that you're bringing in. Maybe you take a chance there. But let me ask you this, Sean. So let's say the number is 10 or 12, okay? Somewhere between there, give or take a few. So anywhere from 8 to 12, I guess, would be the would be where we think they're going to land. Um, and, again, we don't know how many guys are going to go in, and there will be some that go in. One thing John Bryce was talking about yesterday is there are several guys. Uh, he said a handful, so I don't use the term several. But there are guys that are being um, – kind of poached off Tennessee's roster right now. Some of their better players was the way he put it. So, um, how many guys would you have to get involved with, Sean, to get to 10 to 12? How how many would they talk to, or to go from 8 to 12 prospects? How many players total are we talking about? How wide will that 
net be cast? Because I think they're involved with some Ivy, an Ivy League guy. Uh, we saw the Division II running back at Missouri came out of obscurity to be involved with, and that was just great scouting by them. To add that kid to their roster is, it, it's just, it's probably luck, but it's also very good. You, you tip your cap to that. I mean, you found the player. Um, how many guys, Sean, do you think that they'll vet or talk to to get to that 10 to 12 number that they'll be involved with between now and a month, five weeks, or five weeks is what we're talking about? Well, a couple of parameters you got to set first. First of all, Tennessee has more than adequate resources and personnel that they will, if they hear about somebody, um, they will have it. There's so many resources out there, Hocus Pocus, uh, video uh, conglomerates uh, or aggregators, all this stuff that these infor- this infor- it's, it's not like Josh Heifel is going to be scouting all these kids. They've got They've got a group over there that all they got to do is punch a few keystrokes. They can find as much information as they need. And another thing is that a college coach can get on YouTube or get on ESPN and watch a viewer's angle of a game and tell instantly, is this a guy we want to look at? Is this not a guy we we don't want to look at? That's how, I mean, those... That's how experienced those guys are. They don't need 20-game film. They go, boom, 6'9", like this tackle, 6'9", 310. He can bend, but he's bending a little bit at, at, at the, in the Ivy League. Can he do it against here? Um, I don't think he can. Boom, next. So, yeah, or is this, a, is, this a guy that, is this a guy that can catch in traffic? He's only got one year of eligibility. It's not that big of a risk. Then you start making a call around, hey, what do you know about this kid? Is he a troublemaker? Uh, you know what? He, he doesn't go to class. He's missed. Kaboom. Done. So he, these are things that, that, frankly, junior staff members are doing. Then they put together a, uh, uh, a little little group list or whatever, dossier, if you will, and they'll send it to the position coach. And position coach will check, yes, I like this This kid's a, he's potential. Yes. No. No. No, absolutely not, et cetera. So then they'll whittle it down quickly. Uh, they probably have, are in the middle of uh, – there are very few players on Tennessee's team that that uh, that they're going to hold out for. You know, there'll be some, but there'll be, if a guy doesn't have an answer today, then you just got your answer because um, the, the, the machine is not going to stop for a 20-year-old kid unless he's an All-American. And if he's an All-American, he's probably going pro. Um the next thing is the net effect of the transfer portal is a net positive for Tennessee. What I mean by that is even if Andre Carrick doesn't do anything, he's better than anything that's left here that wasn't part of the uh, recruiting scandal. I mean, name a guy that Tennessee's lost from the recruiting that it, that hasn't been upgraded or the thing. So it, it's a it's a net positive right now. So we're going to upgrade. But every other, and the last thing is every other school, including Georgia, including Alabama, Ohio State, are in the same predicament we are. They're under the same crunch. They're under the same, uh, kid, their kids don't pan out. Look at, uh, Andre Turrentine. I mean, if he, if he was, if he was what Ohio State thought he was going to be, he'd still be there. And he's not. And he, and he's a backup player here. So, uh, that's, that's going to happen. And the last thing is that, 
you know, Georgia, two types of players. One player is the very, very good player at a, at a uh, less winning school. Well, if they have a chance, they want to go win. That's where your Alabama and those guys are going to get their share. Um, we may get one or two because they like the offense here. They like the state of Tennessee, what have you. And then there's going to be some kids that, okay, that'd be nice. I, like Andre Carrick, you know. You take a look. Uh, Texas was going in a different uh, structure with their offensive linemen. They wanted big guys that were just like could make a wall, not really guys that moved well. Well, he didn't fit their plans. Good luck to you. So I wouldn't be worried if I was Tennessee fans. We're in good shape. Um, I would be. I would be if if you're a kid that hadn't put on weight by now. If you're a kid that was any kind of distraction and didn't look like it was the light was coming on, I'd be worried. I'd I'd be real. I'd be minding my p's and q's because chances are you're not going to end your career at Tennessee. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And the other thing that's happening, and we can talk about this later, is some of these frontline guys, because Bryce said this yesterday, it was his first I've heard of it, but the new thing is in the portal, I want you to wire money. I want money wired to my account before I go into that portal. You and I are going to do business. Now, what these people have done with this system is they've obliterated. They've obliterated the lines. You, you talk about that imaginary line or, you know, the old adage of the dog, you put it on a chain and it, it burns that, it burns the end right to the end of the chain and, you know, that's where you see the line in the grass. No. No. The, the, the gray area, there is no such thing in this, in this stuff. It is an absolute free for all behind the scenes. A free for all. Some of the stuff Bryce said yesterday, and I made a few calls yesterday, and I was just like, you got to be freaking kidding me, man. This is this is your reality? Well, good luck to you as we continue. It is your Tony Basilio show on a Wednesday. Sean Sinclair is here. Brian Hartman's here. The Vols in North Carolina at night, when that goes final, we're talking about it right here at tclub.team. Again, tclub.team. As soon as the game goes final, um, We'll be live on the air. Got a full basketball breakdown today over at uh, tclub.team on our website. We've got Portal Dave there uh, providing some information, some guys of alls we already know they're looking at. And then, uh, and again, as you see names, it doesn't mean you're going to get them. It doesn't mean, we don't know, like, level of interest. We just know these are people they've reached out to. Uh, So... And really, a lot of that stuff's going to be kept really close to the vest because this is highly competitive. It's highly compacted. It's uh, going to happen in real time. And you're going to lure players into the portal, and they're going to announce for you on Tuesday. Like, that's how quick it's going to happen. We'll come back on the other side. And obviously, you don't want people to know your state secrets, if that's the case. We'll come back on the other side. It's Wednesdays with Watson Brown. Then we do a preview of tonight's opponent in North Carolina. The Vols have lost two games in a row. They've got to get back on the winning ways. It's the uh, SEC-ACC challenge, and challenge is the optimal term for the Vols. 
they're going to a place that's going to have a whiteout tonight. A whiteout. They're making the Vols a t-shirt game. They're treating Tennessee like they're an elite opponent. Well done, Rick Barnes. Well done, sir. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Merry Christmas, everyone. Whoa, hold on. It's way too early for that. Hello, this is Rick and Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Christmas is getting closer. Let Tillis Jewelry help make this holiday season a little less stressful. Did you know we offer a layaway? Come in, select the perfect gifts for your loved ones, put 20% down, and then pay it off before Christmas. And you know we carry a great selection of -of one-of-a-kind pieces, vintage jewelry, diamonds, and more. Stop by and let us help you find that perfect gift. 
The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Here's what you're going to do right now, okay, as we welcome you back on a Wednesday edition, because this is what we call, where, where I come from, this is called appointment radio, because Watson Brown's finna, or as I like to say, fixing to, but I like to have a little street cred. He's finna take you under wing, so you bow your head when you say thy name. As the great Watson Brown now joins on the one and only. And, and Watson, I don't know. you got to really help smart me up today because I was interfacing with Kelly Holcomb for like 30 minutes yesterday. So you got to undo some of what he did to me on the George Plaster show yesterday. So... You know, you know, you got like you got a smart bank, and then you got a dumb bank, and you're taking jelly beans out of one and putting them into the other. And you know, we've got to move some jelly beans here today. That, that makes for two dumb banks, don't it? Well, no, no. But Watson, I'll say this. I'll say this. You, I was telling you this off the air. You, you really need to thank the God, our God above. And I know you guys all want to coach, and you. Somebody called you come back tomorrow and do. Can you no, imagine? No, 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 no. no, no John no, Bryce no. was telling me yesterday. He's over at FootballScoop.com. He was telling me yesterday that the new thing is guys that are on these rosters are going to these coaches and saying, "Hey, look, if you don't belly up to the bar and pay me before you pay guys out of that portal, I'm leaving you." And that's exactly what's happening. And and what a mess, man! What a mess these people have created. I, I don't, I, you know, I've never been a banker before, Tony. So I don't, I don't think I could have ever handled that. The good Lord took care of me. About the time I got out, all this was just about to start, and I just, I'm, I wasn't even a transfer guy much. I, I would not take a transfer kid in any place I was unless he was, I knew he was a good kid and was not going to be any issue at all. So that left a lot of the transfer guys out for me and I just wouldn't take them. I didn't want to put up with it. So I wouldn't have been a good one in today's world. I can tell you right now, I would lose a lot of games because I'd be letting a lot of those dudes go. But can you imagine kid walking in and saying, if you don't pay me, one million dollars. I'm going here. I mean, I, I just I, I couldn't handle it. I'm sorry. It's not me. Well, 
And Sean had a really good point. Like if you're, and I'm not saying this is happening at Tennessee, but it's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere now. There's no, no, no one school that's any more than anybody else. Everybody's dealing with it. I mean, let's face it. Your brother last year over North Carolina, it was pretty public, but he had a quarterback people were tampering with and trying to jar and pull off of his roster. And, uh, I mean, I even how you coach. Like, we're we're in the middle of a season, and you're over here getting offers from schools. Yeah, yeah, and and, and then the whole off season. I mean, and and I don't know. I'm just saying this. I know the background of the kid. If he if he didn't just a deep Carolina blue family, I don't know how he could earn it down. I mean, I'm just telling you. Especially so deep yeah. Carolina blue and daddies and brothers and I mean yep. way back people that played uh, basketball and football at North Carolina. Uh, I'd say Mac was pretty lucky to keep him. Uh, tell you the truth. So and even at that, he does no no grounds you know? to say that. I just look right. at the sides. I say that I can tell why he stayed. I mean, there's there, there there's more here than just money, and and I'm sure he's making good money with Mac. I'm sure he is. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure he is. And that's the crazy thing about this. So we were talking beforehand, kid at Washington State yesterday, and I don't know if you can believe everything you read, but I believe some of what I read. The The thing about the portal, Watson, that has made the game more interesting, and the ratings are higher than they've ever been, because yeah. it's taken these quarterbacks. Like, think about the kid at Auburn that's now out there at Oregon. He is in a perfect offense for his skill set. So I come to college, I establish myself, another coach looks at me and says, hey, we'd love to have, I mean, what you're doing is perfect for who we are. This is what it's going to look like. If you look at the left coast, the Penix kid played at Indiana. He's a much bigger star now out there where he is in Washington. The guy at Oregon is in a perfect offense for his skill set. And we're already starting to see there's a guy, there's a kid at Washington State, and obviously they don't have a conference. I, I really feel for the any of the kids and the coaches, when your entire league moves away from you while you're there, that's got to be the worst, the most 2023 oh. thing ever. But Watson, 10 schools right now, they say, 10 have offered this kid a million dollars to come play for them next year. 10. Yeah. Uh, here's the difference, Tony, that, that I see. And first, we all got a feel for Washington State and Oregon State. I mean, man, they have been messed over unbelievably bad. And it's going to set them back. I don't care what you say. Oregon State's already, coach already gone to Michigan State. So, I mean, it, it's sad. But here's what it, when I'm coming up through the ranks and recruiting quarterbacks, because that's what we're kind of talking about here. The conversations were always, I would recruit one to fit what we do and what I wanted to do and make sure I had a quarterback that could do those things. But it also made him a much better player if what we're doing fits him. That's the way you talk to quarterbacks. And and now the conversation is money. It's not what's best for you and the system you're in. It's money. And that's where it's sad to me. I I'm I'm 100% behind these kids making money. These universities are making killings. I mean, killings. And the athletic departments are making killings. 
and the head coaches are making a killing. Uh, so these kids absolutely deserve to make money. But what it's turned into is we're talking about not the right things anymore. And I think that's why you're going to see the team atmosphere, the family atmosphere is slowly disappearing in college sports, oh, especially up. football, because yeah, it's, it's such a big family. Basketball's got 15 kids on it. Football's got 120. And and it, it, we're losing the, the family feel. And it's a dadgum shame in what we're sitting watching go down. Because... As an old coach told me at one time, was Johnny Majors. He said, you know, at the end of this thing, it's about people. He said, I didn't know that when I was coaching. But when you get out, you realize that's a thing you miss. You miss the relationships. 100%. You miss your joking around with your players, getting to see them go from, you know, boys to men. Well, watch them grow and turn into, you watch them, watch them become yeah. men and be successful yeah. as they get out. And, yeah. But the difference, Tony, is they were with you for four or five years. That's right. So it was a family. It it wasn't a quick one-year deal and gone somewhere. That's the difference today. These teams are changing in numbers right and left from one year to the next. How in the world could you ever have a close family feel when that's happening? Colorado brings in 70, what, 75 new players? I mean, it scares me. It just scares me for what I'm seeing, and and it is so much harder to build a program right now. I think Josh at Tennessee is is trying to do that. I, I really do. I think he's tried since he got there. Uh, I've always thought, guys, that you build a base, and I think I told this to you before, but you build a base, and that takes two or three or four years to build the base where you get base good players all across the board, depth, but then you've got to win a championship with about three playmakers on offense, three playmakers on defense, and a great punter and a kicker. Now, that'll win a championship. He's building the base. What he don't have right now is the playmakers that he's got to go get, and hopefully his quarterback is. And the number one playmaker you got to have is quarterback. You don't win championships without a bona fide guy at that position. And... He's now got to hit. I think the base is there, and he's keep, he'll add one more good year to it. I think his base is going to match some of the better teams in the SEC. How but now he's got yeah. to get those playmakers. That's right. How important is it? I think he's missing the playmakers. I was right going to ask you about that. To me, I look at Tennessee's roster. I look at what comes back next year. I look at Squirrel White, uh, who's a nice player. But he's not going to be... He's a base player. He's a base player. He's not the playmaker you got. The Chaz Nimrod guy, he's a base player. Uh, The other young receiver, Caleb Webb, that we saw, he's a nice player, but he's kind of a rotation guy. They need to invest some money in a front-line, difference-maker, ball-skills-wide receiver. Do you agree? Maybe two of them. Either a tight end or a second wide receiver and, and, and hope and pray the quarterback's the right guy. And they know that already. And I think they, they we'll watch them in the transfer portal. Watch it. Cause you're going to know if they really think this is the guy or not. And, and, uh, the difference in Tennessee last year and this year, their base wasn't as good last year, but they had the playmakers. They had playmakers last year. They didn't have the playmakers, and the base is better than it was a year before. 
but they did not have the playmakers that they've had the year before. And that's, that's it. But you can't win a championship, Tony, without a playmaker at quarterback and then two more with him. It, it might be a running back. It might be a tight end. It might be a receiver and a tight end. But you've got to have three of them that you absolutely, when it's time to make a play, you make a play. And that was the difference in this year and last. And that's how simple this game is, in my personal opinion. People want to say, well, Tennessee kind of fell off. Well, they did not have the same playmakers they had the year before. But the program overall is in better shape. I'd rather try to go right now with the way you can go to the portal and find these playmakers than I had tried to build the base, Tony. So I think they got the hard part pretty close to ready to roll. But they they've got to go get playmakers, and they they, they need they need pass rusher. They need they need another playmaker too on defense too. Yeah, and that's that's the trick. And the trick here is is that none of this is happening in a vacuum. I had somebody else tell me, and I was telling these guys this in our first segment because because Sean Bryce with FootballScoop.com came on here yesterday, and he told me some things. That I just was like, you got to be you got to be kidding me. The new thing now, Watson is. Because I don't know if you knew this or not, but football coaches kind of lie every once in a while no. in, in recruiting. So um, kids are now saying, and these kids are wily. They've been through the process once. So if you want me to go into the transfer portal, which means I'm going to cut off contact with my school. Another thing John told me is that he's talking to assistant coaches around the country. And one of the things they're going to do to combat guys using them in the portal and then wanting to come back is if you go into the portal we cut off all contact with you you can't work out in our facility yeah you then become a player in limbo you're not invited to meetings you're not invited to team functions you're not invited when we go out for a night on the town um i mean we don't shun you but you're no longer a part of this thing and so what he was saying is kids are asking for you wire some money into my account before I go into the portal. <laughs> I mean, is it not, how did we get here? It's been a year and a half, Watts. How did we get here? It's, and, and we, we all talk about those top dogs that are wanting the cash when they leave and blah, blah, blah. How about that 2,000 guys that went to the portal and didn't have any place to go after they got in there? I mean, this whole thing is a wreck right now. And and uh, I don't know what the NC2A does. I don't think they can stop the money. I think that's, that part's a done deal. they got to figure out how to slow the portal down by making it harder to transfer some way. Some way they got to go back to getting close to the old rule that if you go anywhere, you got to sit out a year unless you go down. And that would slow it back down again. Um, that's what I would do. I wouldn't just have this open. They have at least now said after you've transferred once, you, it, it, you have to go through a committee to be eligible to transfer a second time. So they, they're starting on it a little bit. But this one-time transfer down, think about the NFL, Tony. It, free agency. You got to stay for a certain amount of time before you're a free agent. So they got better control of this than college does. You're a free agent immediately in college. I mean, immediately you're a free agent, and that's they got to look at something to slow it down. 
I wouldn't be looking on the money side. I'd be looking on the transfer side. Some way to slow this daggum thing down. Watson Brown joining. All right, we got some championship games to play this weekend. The Vols played Vanderbilt last weekend. And um, in in what I thought was a pretty non-competitive game, except for the fact, except for the fact that the officials, I, I guess officials are out there to protect kids. I don't, I don't know what that crew was doing Saturday, Watson, but it wasn't officiating that game. I don't know what they were doing. I don't. And when you start not taking care of kids, now I'm going to get on officials. I mean. I've always been a coach that said, look, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. They're a human being. They make mistakes. Well, now we've turned it into officiating don't have to be a human being because the replay takes care of some of it. But when you, when you let people get hurt because you don't take care of a laid head or something like that, now I'm, I'm not for that. I'm not for that at all. And, uh, that, that group, when you don't have control in, in quote, rival games uh, like that, Tony, and Tennessee has a lot of rival games. Well, Vander, Vanderbilt's got – that's a big one for, for Vanderbilt to come to, to play Tennessee, and that is that is big. And those kids, I promise you, uh, are, are ready to play. And, and if you don't get it under control, you're going to have stuff like that happen. And I put that totally on the officials the other day myself. Well – and then, and then they turn it into a flag fest because they don't have yeah. control early too on. Too late. Too late. Yeah. Too late then. Get it under control knowing you're going to have issues. Get it under control at the start. Don't wait till everything happens and then you go nuts and you turn the game into a flag fest. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that, that wasn't a fun game to watch just because Awful. I didn't think there was control of the game. One other thing. Let me ask you this. Can you imagine being an Auburn sideline working as as they work to put themselves in a position to win that game and watch your defensive coordinator and your head coach decide to rush two guys on fourth and thirty one and have a spy there? Like it's like you got Michael Vick out there that's gonna run away from everybody and go win a touchdown. Now I'm not call, asking for you to rip those coaches. But have you ever seen anything like that? Uh, I have to. I have to because it, they will live with that, Tony. That's history. That will now take replace the Alabama and Auburn of watching the guy catch the field go short and run it back for a touchdown to win. At least we won't be watching that one much anymore. We're going to see this last play. To put a spy, and there was a timeout now. There was a timeout before this play. And you let a running athletic quarterback stand back there. It seemed like a week to me that he stood back there before he let the ball go. And what you, it, it, it's a Hail Mary, but it's a short Hail Mary. And what you're looking for, Tony, is anywhere you've got a one-on-one, let the ball go there. Well, he moved around enough to where he finally found a one-on-one. And you just can't let him do that. I've lost on a Hail Mary once from the 50-yard line, and it, it's a killer. You lose the way they lost, you live with that the rest of your life. I promise you Coach Freeze is just sick. He will never do that again. If I was coaching again, I'd rush four. 
I wouldn't even rush three anymore. You can't let the guy stand back there and people work that back end zone and get open. You can't do it. And especially from the 30-yard line where it's not really a Hail Mary, that was a bullet throw. That, that was a quick throw to the back of that end zone, and it's one-on-one, and he out-jumped the kid. He's taller. He just out-jumped the kid for the ball, and it wasn't a Hail Mary where somebody three or four more could get over to it. It was a it was a shot out of his hand, a well-thrown buck right in the corner. Watson, and that's complete. Yeah, but yeah. Auburn, man, they're going to live with that one. And when it's a rival game like that, oh, that's a killer. Uh, I, I feel for him. It's an all-time horrible I mean, loss. I, I mean, it, it's forever. It's history. He'll be watching that when he's my age. I mean, he will be, and and it's going to kill him. And uh, I feel for him. And I promise you, he will never ever do that again. And I have no idea why they decided to do that. The biggest, I have no idea. Watson, why, why, why is it in college ball, the biggest difference I see, and then I want to bring Sean in here, but the biggest difference I see, in pro ball, 100 times out of 100, they're heating that quarterback up. Yeah. In college ball, you see these coordinators do these goofy things in the moment. Maybe they're not goofy. Maybe it's Maybe I'm missing something about the college game. What nuance am I missing about the college game? That in pro ball, they don't let that quarterback even, they'll rush seven or eight. They don't even think about it. They just throw the kitchen sink at him, and you can't breathe. And if you can make a play through that, go make you a play. Why is that, Watson? Why are the two two sports different? Here's what I think it is, Tony. I really do. The cover guys in the NFL are so good. They can play man coverage and give you a great shot. These college secondaries don't have that kind of talent in them and so they have to play more zone uh, than they do and and because college ball still it's getting it's getting closer but college ball is still man a zone first man second the nfl is man first zone second and i think that the nfl feels better about their coverage people and they will let it loose more and also the second thing is not all these colleges have those rushers the NFL guys have. That That's the best of the best. And, and there's 32 of them where there's 100-and-something college teams. And you just don't – that's what I think Tennessee – they need a playmaker as a defensive end that's going to get you. He, he will get you if they leave you one-on-one enough. And, and I just don't think these colleges have enough of the defensive linemen and have good enough cover guys. And so they run scared – and you play more zone coverage, and therefore, you you know, you, if you're going to play zone coverage, these 303 deeps have been caught up with in zone coverage. These, these college offenses are eating fire zones that we used to call them in the old days. They're fire eating them zones. alive. So now, if you're going to rush five, you got to play man. You got to play man free. The sad, and, uh, yeah, the sad thing. They don't hold up. A lot of these colleges can't hold up, Tony. To your point, though, the sad thing is, if you stop and think about that play for a second, there's no way you defend Alabama if it's fourth down and seven, and you're in the middle of the football game. Uh, Fourth and goal from the 31, there's no way you use the defense they used. But because it was at the end of the game and after a timeout, I mean, leaving that spy there. They had a timeout. To give them credit, I saw 
I saw because I'm I ended up watching most of that game after the Tennessee Vanderbilt. Uh, who can blame you? Was, who can blame you? It was you? over, right? And so I went to that one, and they had used that coverage two or three times in the second half, and it had some success and made Alabama punt. So I know why they did it because they've done it and had, some, but that wasn't the time. It wasn't the time, and uh, they did it for reasons of if he takes off running because one out ever two times in third and 10 or 15, that kid's going to take off running with the ball. Well, he wasn't running in this situation. He knew dang well. He's told from his sidelines, now you can't take off. You can't score from 30-something yards out scrambling. You've got to throw the ball. That's the difference in that third and 10 and him running later. And that's where I think Auburn in the heat of the battle, it just – it. They pulled out something they'd had a little success with during the game. I'm defending them a little, but they can't do that. And they'll never, ever do it again. I don't know what Coach Freeze has said. He may never say anything, but I promise you he's killed himself over it. He's absolutely killed himself over it. And and you'll never see him do that again. Any coaches that were watching that and they'd already played that day and thought they'll never do it either. I'm telling you. Sean Sinclair, jump in here with Watson Brown. It's Wednesdays with Watson. Coach, I hope you and yours had a great uh, Thanksgiving uh, uh, week last week and uh, always appreciate your input here. My question to you is you have a unique, uh, an absolutely unique uh, situation right now with your with uh, Coach Mack over there at a high-profile school. The, the thing that I would, I'm not asking you to ask him, but I, I would like this kind of perspective. These NIL programs are separate from, they may be an association with, but they're separate from the universities. Uh, they are generally uh, funded by, you know, the, these NIL programs go out and get the funds themselves. They manage the funds. Uh, they do all that stuff. The assumption around here is that the coach says, hey, I need a million dollars for this guy, and the NIL thing just says, here's a blank check, coach. I don't believe that's the case because coaches coaches can get desperate. It's not their money. It's not the athletic department's money, and these NIL guys don't want to, uh, they don't want to get burned. What do you think the dynamic is there between the coaching staff and the NIL programs who have a fiduciary duty to protect the money uh, as a good investment for their uh, benefactors. Yeah, and and what they do, Sean, is it does go through the university, and supposedly there's a committee through the university that decides where the money goes. That's the way it's supposedly set up. Well, do you not think the head coach is the one telling them where the money goes? You're crazy. I mean... And, and I think, here's what I think is going to happen because it's already happening, Sean. There are certain schools that have, that have it's all raised money. It's raised money. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But there are certain schools that are raising a whole lot more money than others. And I'm talking about power conference schools that are raising a whole lot more money than others. And it, there's going to keep being a bigger separation as time goes on now because Maybe this this school in the ACC can't even come close to raising what the money in the SEC or Big Ten's raising, and then they're going to start falling off. Man, you, you you if you don't have the money, you don't have the players, the the top players. And the second thing 
I think, because I was an AD twice. And the hardest money I would think to raise, for me, when I was like, let's say I was at UAB, and we had to raise money for budgets. Well, I think that's hard money to raise, man. When you can't tell somebody you're going to put their name on a building or something, it's hard to get that big money. And I think the hardest money now to raise is to raise it to pay these kids. And when you raise it from these guys and you pay them $3 million as your quarterback or a great receiver, and all of a sudden they're not winning, that old dude is going to be hyper the Dickens and it's going to speed up more firings and everything. And I'm just telling you, we're in the start of all of this, Sean. I'm telling you, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel where it don't get really hard on everybody because this well, the coach, outside people are getting much more much more involved in the inside part of these programs than they've ever been before. Coach, a couple things they had um, just today. Actually, the dynamic is a little bit different than you had uh, just spoke about. Um, athletic directors now are having a hard time with their projects. Their projects are slowing down, building projects, um, upgrade projects, etc. Because now people are more likely to donate to the NIL funds than the other funds. And I think the Neyland Stadium Complex, or, or I mean, today Brent Hubs of Volquist uh, had a post about how the, um, uh, the, the Anderson Train Complex upgrades are you know just slowing down tremendously um yeah so that that means now here's the last thing for you do you think a high profile coach will now when they are looking at job opportunities it used to be do you have an indoor facility do you have this do you have that do you think now a big component of that of their research is going to be how much uh nil funds are going to be potentially there for them to create a roster Absolutely. That's the number one thing you're going to ask. What's your poo? How much, how much are we dealing with here? Um, and what I think happened now, Sean, what I'm saying is I think it's going to change because right now they're hitting all these guys and it's new. And they're saying, oh, my God, this will be a quicker fix than building a building will be. But I don't think it's going to stay that way. I think these these big guys giving this kind of money and that guy don't come through for them, I think they're going to raise hell about it. And and yeah. I'm not sure they won't end up backing off of giving that kind of money that quick. This whole thing to me, Sean's in a in an early phase, and now it has to. You nailed it. These coaches, the first thing, and I know these coaches, the first thing they're asking. What kind of money am I dealing with in the NIL? Because you have to take care of two pieces, especially in these power fives. You got to take care of a balance of money across the board for every scholarship player. And then you've got to throw in those, what, those six, let's say the six guys I was just saying, three playmakers on offense, three major playmakers on defense. Those dudes are going to cost you. And they're going to cost you a hell of a lot more than you're paying your normal kid. Um, it, it's that's the way it is. Let's say a school's paying the normal player right today. Everybody, uh, the base of your team of the scholarships is getting. I'll, I'll just throw a number out there: fifty thousand dollars. Everybody's getting fifty thousand dollars if you're on scholarship, and those other dudes are being between one and three million dollars. Add all that up; it's quite a bit of money that you need. 
And what I'm already seeing is there's a lot of schools that can't touch certain schools already and and have no chance of raising that kind of money. And it's just going to keep falling. There's going to be another separation. And I still say it's going to lead to about 25 schools that are just better than everybody else. And to your point, Watson, here's the thing, right? People think because they spend money. Like one thing we've learned about our, our country just because you spend money on something doesn't mean you fix it. It's that's always been it's at, always man. been about people. So how about this? Texas A and M a couple of years ago spends more money than Fort Knox has gold, and a couple of years later they got a fired coach, they got the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, and they got a coach is a defensive minded guy that a lot of people are going. That's what we're doing. A, a couple. How how much longer? That's the perfect example. Are they going to keep giving? About. How much longer are they going to keep giving? To your point, till they That's go. Wait it. a second. I'll, I'll, I'll help a charity out before I'll give that money to these people. I'll, I'm putting it back in buildings. I ain't giving to the kids anymore. I ain't doing it. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I think it's already happening. I think it's maybe happening at A and M right now. That they sit there and it flat got Jimbo Fisher fired. Fired. There's one reason and one alone. We paid this amount of money. For, that. for these kids that you recruited yes. and told us they were going to be great players, and, yeah. and they have not turned into that, your, your butt's gone, man. You're out of here. And, and by the way, I before, can promise you that that was said and when, you, they, when they let him go. And you know this is going on, but I'm going to share this with the living listener because I found this out last week, which I thought was really interesting. A couple of big money people who funded the NICO, as I'm going to call it, the NICO project, yeah. let it be known to that head coach. We want to see him in that Vanderbilt game. So you better be putting him in that Vanderbilt game. Now, and what, he, did, what did I just say, Tony? He They're getting more control that's on right. the inside than they've that's ever right. had before. That's And that's what we're doing here. We got, we're going to have a lot of cooks in the kitchen before this thing is over. Brian Hartman, jump in here with Wednesdays with Watson Brown. Watson, going back to the Auburn, the, uh, the Auburn decision, Coach Brown, when yeah. they didn't rush, however they didn't rush, maybe two on that last play, has there ever been a coordinator or an assistant coach that's made a decision like that in a situation where it's cost you a game? Have you ever had to literally have a long thought about perhaps making a change, a coaching change in that spot as a result of a play like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it happens, Brian, more than you would think. And I say that in a sad way. Uh but, yeah, it does. I, I'm telling you, these, these rival games, Brian, they're different. And I was asked earlier uh, on George's show, uh, I was asked, do you think that it's fair that Ron Day at Ohio State is catching the grief that he's catching with his record, what it is? And I think they thought I would go the other way, and I said, yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, because I know what those rival games mean. I was in the Mississippi State Ole Miss one. Uh, I was in the Oklahoma-Texas one. I was in the Oklahoma-Nebraska one. And I went one and one in all three of those places. And I know the difference in the year that we won it and the year that we lost it. When you make a decision like that in that big a game, yeah, daggum right. I mean, that that's part of the job. And it means so much in those states 
that I promise you Coach Freeze is having at the worst if he wants to keep his trying to hold everybody off and, and, and wanting, wanting the guy gone. And uh, it's too quick to get Coach Freeze, but that, that will be a black mark for him. And uh, because of when it happened, if it had happened in the Alabama-South uh, Carolina game, let's say, it don't it don't hurt near as bad, but man, when it happens in that game and the seriousness in the state of Alabama for that game, yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. Hey Watson, why do I feel like on the way out here? And I appreciate you, brother. Why do I feel like Alabama is a team of destiny, and they're going to do something this weekend? They've been just living charmed. I don't know a way to say it. That kid goes to catch a fair catch before the fourth and thirty-one. How many guys you see fumble fair catch and slips? I mean, like he's like banana peel on his on. He his, couldn't get away from the ball he on a dry field. Yes, on a dry. So my question for you is: Am I crazy to think that Alabama's got a little magic here and they're going to beat Georgia Saturday? Is that a crazy thought? Nope. I think it goes to the wire either way. Uh, the one negative I've seen is Georgia's running game has slowly gotten better. They've been passing the ball the last five or six weeks really good. And their running game has gotten better. And Alabama couldn't stop the run Saturday, Tony, against Auburn. I don't, I don't get that. 200, over 200, nearly 250 yards. If Georgia gets the running game going, <laughs> excuse me, with those play action passes they throw, Look out. But I'm giving Alabama a lot more chance than I think anybody. a lot of people are. I, I agree with you. Alabama, they're going to be the loose team Saturday. They will be loose because they know they're major underdogs in this game. You're my man. Much love to you. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, I love all you guys, and I say it all the time. It's an honor to be on with you all. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Wednesdays with the great Watson Brown. Appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. tldlogistics.com. Sean and Brian, excellent questions. Uh, and, and, yes, our head coach was encouraged. You need to play Nico this weekend. I know that happened. Know that happened. By a couple of the team owners. Here's the thing about NIL. NIL is being funded predominantly. I don't know what the percentages are, but I keep it real on here, maybe too real. And NIL is predominantly being funded by the same five or six people that underwrote recruiting for all those years when it was in the shadows. Those are what we call the faxes. We are way overdue. Let's come back. We'll get hour two. Upon our continuance, we've got a couple of uh, wonderful folks that want to get in here. Andrew Jones, who covers Tar Heel basketball for Tar Heel Illustrated, will join. And then Rusty Wright, the head coach at Chattanooga, will join us. They have a game with Furman in the playoffs. And we'll shine the light on that level of football and give you something else to watch on Saturday afternoon uh, as those games are uh, over on a ESPN Plus. So we continue with more. 
It is a Wednesday edition after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Alabama, Georgia. 10, 5, touchdown Alabama. It's the SEC Championship live from Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get out of here again. Alabama wins it. Cheer on the Tide this Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on the Bulldogs. Our coverage starts at noon from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. On your home for Alabama football, the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Rusty Wright is going to join us here momentarily as we welcome you back. It's our do, 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 do. Tony Basilio, Sean Sinclair, we're with you. We're about to be joined momentarily by, you bow your head and you say his name, Andrew Jones. From Tar Heels Illustrated, or Tar Heel Illustrated, they are treating the Tennessee Volunteers like it is a this is a big time deal tonight over in uh, Carolina. And both teams last week didn't play their best, but had their moments in a holiday tournament against very good fields. And Andrew, I want to begin by welcoming you in. I I hope you're well. I am. I appreciate you having me on. Hope you're well as well, also. Yes, sir. We're, we're doing us a whiteout tonight, huh? Yeah, I was a little surprised. When they don't usually do things like that, but um, I don't know. I, I haven't asked why they're doing it, but I guess it's kind of cool because I guess it means it's a big game if they're applying some kind of shtick to it. And and I really do think, as I hear, heard what you were just saying, this is a big game for this team, for this group of players in this yeah, it's interesting. We were looking at North Carolina last night and going inside the numbers. And not only the um, just kind of watching them. I, I watch a good piece of a couple of games. The Villanova game is extremely interesting. And there were a couple other uh, opportunities to see Carolina thus far. And they look like a team that just to this point, they don't do anything exemplary offensively. They don't do anything exemplary defensively. But they're pretty good. And pretty good in major college basketball these days win you a lot of games. Is that a pretty fair assessment for where they are right now? Yeah, I'd say so. And, and a lot of that is because they're very much in the the meshing uh, process of their season. They, they only have four scholarship guys back from last year's team. They brought in five transfers, uh, four of them are older players who play a lot of basketball in other programs, and then they brought in two freshmen. So there's a lot of blending and meshing and chemistry building on the court that needs to take place, and the only way to ultimately do it is to play games. So what you're seeing from them right now is a group that 
kind of clanks around every once in a while and then gets really smooth for stretches. And it's just a part of the process. I don't expect them to be playing their best basketball uh, at least until January or playing playing at a very high connected level until January. This stretchy games they're having right now will help them. And those games last week in the Bahamas helped because they played three very different styles in their three games. But they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of players who have, who have achieved in college. And they got a lot of hungry guys. It's it's a much different uh, aura around the team, vibe around the team, and talking with the players than it was a year ago. A year ago, they were preseason number one. I think there was a sense of entitlement that didn't have to be earned, and it cost them. They ended up not making the NCAA tournament, uh, which was a shock to to people in the program. The guys they brought in have a different kind of hunger, and. And as I was saying, their games have to mesh. So I think the mission is all across the board. I think they get what they need to do. But it's going to take time, and they have to play teams like Tennessee to become the club that they're eventually going to be. But they have a chance at being very, very good, and they have a chance at at looking better down the road once they fully sink. Andrew Jones joining Tar Heel, Tar Heel Illustrated. It is a... Uh, 7.15 Eastern tip this evening, part of the ACC-SEC challenge, which I think is a wonderful thing for those two leagues to – I wish they'd do something like that in football. I, I think it's interesting take those yeah. two leagues that kind of uh, mirror each other, share territory in several states, put them together in a competition like this. It makes a lot more sense to me than what the Southeastern Conference had done for several years – uh, with the Big 12, which made little sense to me. This ACC thing seems like it's going to be a really good thing, especially if we keep it kind of around this time of the year. And Rick Barnes has so elevated Tennessee basketball, uh, Andrew, that you know you guys in the Carolinas have gotten used to seeing this type of thing. But the field Tennessee was just in last weekend with uh, the, the, Syracuse, the three schools they played, Syracuse, Kansas, and Purdue – I mean, geez, Louise, and now a trip to North Carolina. The Vols have already been to Wisconsin. I mean, they've bitten off a whole lot here in the early season. The one thing that they're taking heart in tonight, and I want to run this by you, they don't believe Carolina's going to pressure the ball much, force them to play faster than they want to. Is that a fair read on the way North Carolina will defend the Vols tonight? That's a good question because there's been very little talk about how North Carolina will defend Tennessee. All the talk is how North Carolina will try to score against Tennessee. Because uh, the, the 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 vibe on Tennessee is a physicality, crash the boards, going to drag you into an alley, and you got to be able to come out fairly clean. And the other thing is they do not let you run your sets. So how do you yeah. score when the sets break down and you go into freelance? That was a colossal. A disaster for this team a year ago. Uh, one of the players told me in, in in February that they didn't even practice freelance stuff. So they're doing it now, and they have better personnel to handle freelance now. But as far as defending Tennessee, it will be interesting to see what Carolina does and they make adjustments. They didn't make adjustments in Bahamas. Uh, Eric Dixon for, 
for uh, Villanova went off for 37 points. They did nothing to try to take him out of what he was doing. Yeah. And then uh, Trayvon, I believe his, his name, Mark from Arkansas, went for like 34 or something. They didn't do anything to him either. So they, they so far, they are a soft switching team. They like to ice the ball, and they like to draw teams in to shoot long two-pointers. It, it hasn't worked real well yet. Hubert Davis believes it will. They just need games, and they need to play against different styles. So that'll be very interesting. I don't, I don't. They don't have a leaky black defensively like they did last year. So I don't know who's going to guard Dalton Connect, and they may have to throw different guys on him. But that's going to be a very interesting thing, and it's something that's not talked a lot about, about around here. Is is how they're going to evolve defensively? Because I don't think there's a lot of confidence at this stage that they're going to win games on that end of the floor. They're ultimately going to have to win games on the offensive yeah. side of the floor. So that's going to be an interesting thing tonight. Because one of the things I noted yesterday was that Tennessee scored 80 points at Wisconsin. That's, that's, that's a significant number. And it's going to be interesting to me in person to see what Tennessee is offensively. Because I would think that they're still evolving on that end of the floor too, because they've got new parts that they have to get used to. So it's very possible that that side of the floor is where this game is won or lost today. It's funny because Tennessee's two best players are both newcomers off a team yeah. that's won a lot of games. And so that's a kind of a blessing and a curse because, as you say, look, when you're playing this type of schedule, it's one thing if you're playing teams that are generally, you know, you get in these November-December games, you, you, you some bye games in there some directional school-type games that might touch an NCAA tournament out of a lesser league. And, and you know how these schedules are comprised. But, you, you know, it, you don't get an opportunity when you're playing these frontline teams, neither North Carolina nor Tennessee or any of these teams for that matter. When you get in these events, I mean, you've got to give it your best shot. And one thing that's kind of shocking about Tennessee that I want you to look for tonight is just how much they struggle to rebound the basketball. And that's a major concern of theirs against Baco and against uh, North Carolina tonight. Tennessee's had trouble allowing second-chance points. At times, it feels like teams are on a power play. Uh, You know, when the ball goes up, uh, you'll see a couple of different offensive rebounds. But you are right about this one thing for the Vols. They did not allow that Purdue team to get into their offensive sets at all. They were starting possessions 40 feet from the basket, which is one thing Rick Barnes does. But this team does not rebound the ball well at all, uh, Andrew, for what you would expect them to rebound the ball. They just don't. I think they're, what, plus one and a half or something like that? Yeah, it's odd. Yeah. Yeah, and North Carolina, one of its strengths forever has been offensive rebounding. And then you got Armando Baycott, who's the, the program's all-time leading rebounder. Yeah, it's not good. Pro last year in that department. So, and and he's made a living in college off of offensive rebounds, putbacks, getting to the foul line on putbacks, and and so that that obviously could be a very key area tonight. Another thing that uh, I imagine you're aware of, but that there's a tremendous amount of dislike and maybe even hatred for Rick Barnes in Chapel Hill. Some fun you could probably have is to look back at the time where he challenged Dean Smith when he was the head coach at Clemson. And I've already seen on social media today 
at least 15 images, still shots of him yelling at Dean and like pointing in Dean's face. And Carolina fans, for whatever reason, this is almost 30 years ago, still don't like him for that. And I was actually in a press conference of his when he was at Texas back in 2009, I think it was, the NCAA tournament, where he was in Greensboro and he apologized for what happened there. And Carolina fans don't want anything to do with it. So I think that's going to amp up the atmosphere even more tonight. I think this is, Bar- and Barnes comes, you know, from, from over in the Carolinas. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, well, he, went to, he went to Lenore Ryan here in North Carolina. A bunch of guys in the media yesterday after our press conference with Hubert Davis were talking about Lenore Ryan and how Rick Barnes sounds like he came, he went to Lenore Ryan. It was a lot of fun stuff. And <laughs> when, he walks out, when he walks out of the tunnel tonight, it was always special, the greeting that Coach K would get when he'd walk out of the tunnel in the Dean Dome. But I think Rick Barnes will get maybe the next level down kind of treatment that Coach K got, and it will be impressive. So he'll get an audible greeting is what you're saying, Andrew? Oh, oh, oh yeah. He'll get, the, he'll get a couple middle fingers. And really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the story with the, the Tennessee writers are there. there need to be ready to see that when it happens because especially if Tennessee wins you got a built-in sidebar right there it is uh Andrew Jones you are bringing it long and strong I think tonight's a compelling game I I love this about college basketball that um we see non-league games like this I think it's one of the one of the great things about the sport um while I have you here since we just did a full breakdown there, there's a bunch of projections out there that Tennessee is going to be matched with um, Carolina football in a bowl game. Do you anticipate? Do they anticipate Drake May plays in a football game, or is that in, in a in a bowl game, or is that an almost certainty that he opts out? What do you think? He's a different. He's a different dude. That the the family legacy in Chapel Hill is significant, and. I, I I don't know for sure. I can't say definitively. I mean, he's going to go pro. He would he would be a fool not to. However, if he doesn't play in that game, they have nobody to play quarterback behind him. Nobody. Like what? No, is, no, what do you mean second, by nobody? What what does nobody? Well, the second the second team quarterback was a fairly highly highly rated kid out of Alabama. He won a bunch of state titles in Alabama, but he has been wildly inconsistent in practice. Like you cannot get oh, back to him to say. Connor Harrell has been great in practice. So any team that they play that's that's from a Power 5 conference, if Harrell has to be their quarterback, they're going to struggle to win. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Drake is waiting to see who they play. And it also might be an issue that he's, he's such a Carolina guy. His dad played quarterback there. His brother hit one of the biggest shots in Carolina history in basketball. Yep. Uh, his his other, another brother was on the basketball team last year's walk-on that he might feel like it's his family obligation to finish this thing out. And he plays in the bowl game regardless of who they play. But if they go up against the Tennessee and the Gator Bowl, that would be an ugly game if he doesn't play. So I I would think that there's a really good chance he plays in the bowl game, but I would say that there's zero chance he plays next season for North Carolina. And a lot of fans are still thinking, well, maybe he'll come back now. He's got however many millions of dollars guaranteed. He'd very likely be the first pick in the draft. Um, so that's why there is a little bit of a risk playing in the bowl game. He could get injured. 
uh, some people are saying that, well, Sam Howell played in the ball game a couple years ago, so I wouldn't Drake. But Sam wasn't a first-round pick. He didn't have a ton to lose like Drake does. But Drake's a different dude, man. He really is. That's kind of cool. Operates very, he operates very differently than most college athletes I've ever covered. I like that he rebuffed Alabama's tampering last year, and I call things what they are on here. And uh, we, we keep it kind of real here. Tell the living listener on the way out uh, how they can interact with you, and I really appreciate you being there, man. Uh, just at Heel Illustrated on Twitter is the best way to find our, our stuff. And, of course, Tar Heel illustrated.com we're in the rivals network so we go where the tar heels go except i didn't go to the bahamas because i had to cover football so i started one of my staffers lucky him but we go where the tar heels go everywhere they play in football and basketball we're there and we crush it on recruiting and by the way i agree with you about the acc SEC challenge they should do it for every sport across the board they should do it for base awesome. awesome if they did it on one weekend a three-game series in baseball that's a great idea the board, that would be awesome I'm going to bring that up to uh, Tony Vitello. In fact, I'm going to text him that, Andrew, right now. That's something they ought to work on because, you know, these baseball coaches have trouble putting these non-league schedules together. That yeah. would be a great thing for them to do. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. you. get a lot of yeah. attention. Those are two conferences that generate attention in baseball. So I no think it would be really – it would be great in every sport. Every sport that they have. I agree with you in football, too. Maybe and, do it all in the same weekend It'd be, it'd be at the end of September or something. Move some of those rivalry games up to that weekend. Andrew, you're the man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks. All right, yeah. And, and Brian, make a note. We get to that bowl game, we need to get him back. Because Tennessee's going to end up playing North Carolina. You see that coming from a mile away. Especially with the Wednesdays of Watson-Brown thing. You can just see that coming from a mile away. So what are you guys? Let me take your temperature. Are we concerned about tonight's game, Sean? Are we not concerned? Do we think the Vols are going to handle this well? And our boy Byron's over there. B Dubs. I, I think it's going to be tough. Paul, Paulie Joe will be out there booing Rick Barnes tonight in the stands. Yeah. No, I don't feel great about it myself. I, I would feel better if they played at home, but that's really. Three tough. I'd hate to see a team that got all the height this team got have to go zero and three in a stretch, though. That would be tough. I just, uh, I really believe this is a great opportunity to kind of get back one of those games you gave up in the Hawaii tournament. No if doubt you can about it. Get one of those. It didn't feel like a split. Well, you know, think about this. You what you went at Wisconsin, you went at North Carolina in the same year. That would be pretty impressive if you can pull it off. I mean, hey, one thing you can't say about the Tennessee basketball team this year. I mean, they're playing whoever, whenever, wherever, for why ever, you know? And you've got to respect that. You might not have the best record in the world at the end of it. If you lose tonight, it would not be good. A, a loss tonight's going to cost you a seed line. But it's all about uh, it's all about a playoff anyway, and this team is good enough to qualify for that. And speaking of which, you bow your head when you say his name. He's the head coach of the Chattanooga Mocs who balled out over the weekend. Now, they beat a very good team. We saw that Austin P team in Nealon Stadium give the Vols a, a, a real punch in the mouth. And... Rusty Wright's Chattanooga guys 
won on a last-second field goal to open the playoffs last week, 24-21, a classic football game. And, Coach Wright, I want to welcome you in. You're speaking to somebody that absolutely loves the game at your level. So I've, uh, I, I, And I think the playoff at that level is one of the best-kept secrets in American sport, as I welcome you in, and congratulations on the victory. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Y'all, y'all doing all right today? Doing great, man. Hey, Jim Reynolds, I don't know if you've heard it because you're coaching and you're kind of your head's down. His, he's been down there for so long. I married a Chattanooga girl. He was calling games when we were kids, okay? <laughs> His call the other day, I mean, buddy, he was fired up when that ball went through the uprights now. Yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't heard it yet, but uh, Jim's been doing it a long time. He's a good one. Um, you know, I, when you know we, we got picked for the playoffs and then saw where our draw was, I don't think anybody really gave us a chance. But uh, 64, we took over there, and the coaches I got, and the people had been watching this group the whole time. So uh, there was a lot of people excited. I was excited too. So don't don't get me wrong. But I knew uh, I knew after the first quarter we were going to be in it all night and give ourselves an opportunity to win. And uh, it was a lot of fun up there. Tell us about your ball club. To those that tune in Saturday afternoon and get an opportunity, because the great thing too is the tournament's televised. You know, years past it wasn't, but that ESPN uh, Plus deal that most everybody has uh, is just such a—it's just such a great value, I believe. Um, tell us about your ball club and what people will see. Well, <laughs> the the ball club you'll see now is a lot different than the one that started the season. I think we're down. Oh four or five starters, including defense player of the year and our starting quarterback and star of the year. So, um, but the thing is, you'll see a football team. You'll see a group of guys that uh, play hard both sides of the football and, and play for each other. We're very simple. Um, we're, we're, we're pretty simple schematically, defensively, and offensively. There's only a handful of things we like to do, and we should try to go out there and execute the best we can. And, and that's us. That's been um, our MO since I've been here. You know, um, I'm a firm believer that you lose more football games than you win. And the uh, biggest thing Chattanooga tries to do every Saturday is not go out there and beat Chattanooga. And, um, but I got a really good group of young men. Uh, a lot of them we recruited out of high school. You know, but some transfers sprinkled in there. But, you know, it's a, uh, it's a group that will just fight you, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing. We've lost, I think, from the first game we played this year till now, I think we're down – 17 people at some point in time during the season at our level and uh for us to be in the situation we're in where we're having an opportunity to continue to play is just a you know a testament to our young men that are in this program and our assistant coaches for staying the course and, and finding ways finding ways to win and we win games all different kinds of ways yeah the reality is that at any level when you lose a certain number of players all of a sudden it gets into a depth issue you're in a highly competitive level of football where, you know, Josh Heupel said after Tennessee kind of took a, it wasn't a mash unit, but they weren't 100%, and Missouri really popped them. And he said after the game, look, nobody is going to feel sorry for you in this game. And they're going to put it on you when they get a chance to do that. Were you expecting your kids to play that well in a postseason game? Against an Austin P team that, 
after they left Neyland Stadium was soaring. I mean, they were really playing well. Yeah, no, you're right. They were. Um, I I thought our I thought our style and brand of football would give them problems. Um, we like to run inside outside zone right at you, and like I said, defensively we line up and we play and we force you to beat us. And um, I think I knew they'd have some trouble with us up front, offense on the offensive line and defensive lines. And that was the biggest difference in the game is our kids up front went and played really well and really hard. Uh, they had a hard time protecting their quarterback. We kept our guy clean, and we were able to run the football just enough for a redshirt freshman quarterback to go play well. But, I, you know, you sit there, and I watch all 11 games during the course of the week, and I'm like, well, we're going to be okay up front. That's where we got to figure out a way to go win it. And, you know, to our coaches and kids' credit, we came up with a great plan, and they went and executed it. Yeah, because there are times, right, where you're looking at film and you're like, man, we can't stay on the field with these guys. Like, that happens, sure. right? Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, there's 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 plenty of times you watch film and you go, all right, that guy's going to be a problem. Yeah. That guy's going to be a problem. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to figure out ways to maneuver yourself around it and, and figure out how to take advantage of the other things you can take advantage of. And sure is nice, though, when you turn the film on and go, ooh, I think we'll be okay in these two spots. <laughs> So, Rusty, you keep it simple. Why do some coaches think coaching is making it as complicated as possible? I, I've always wondered <laughs> that about that sport. I'm sure you have, too. Well, it's that's amazing because at the end of the day, it's not what you know. It's what these kids can go out there and do at a high level. It's fast. Yeah. Um, but I, I promise you, I've coached at a group of five level. I've coached FCS football for a long time. I've got... You know, guys that are power five that have been power five coaches that are on my staff, but, and uh, you know, end of the day, it's not about us; it's about what our kids can go do. And a lot of times, coaches are so hard headed that yeah. it's got to be if this is my scheme, this is how we do it, this is what you, you know, and and we're going to do this no matter who I have. And at the end of the day, you know, when you're the head coach, you're signed. Your job is to put your players in the best position possible to win. If you don't have the guys that can go do the things you want to do, then you better be a good enough football coach to adjust and get those kids an opportunity to go win doing something else, whatever they can do. And I think that's where coaches, especially a lot of young coaches, miss the boat. They're impatient. Um, they think it's more about them and and uh, doing their deal more than it is, all right, how can we put these kids in the best situation to go win? It's funny the things we believe when we're kids, when you get out here and live a little, right? And you kind of go, ah, oh, oh, okay. Well, I guess it's I guess it's not about me and how brilliant I am. But uh, tell me about your opponent this weekend and what you see as you guys get ready to go to Furman and their and their great tradition in that sport. Yeah, no, I mean Furman's been historically uh, at our level. Uh, a very good football program for a long time. They've been very consistent over the years of SCS football, or 1AA football when it was at that time, and they've continued that. Uh, Clay Hendricks is their head coach. He's he's a Furman grad. Uh, been the head coach. He was an assistant coach there for a long time, I think, when they won the national championship there. Um, been the head coach for the last seven years. A uh, lot of similarities between us and them. They like to run the football, play action, you know, play good defense. Uh, but they're a really good football team. I think they've got something like uh, 
38 seniors or grad guys on their football team. So they're an older group. They've been around together, um, played a lot of good football, and uh, just, you know, good discipline, uh, hard-nosed football team that does things right and have been that way for a long time, you know. So uh, we'll have our hands full. Um, but I know my guys are, you know, anytime you get a chance to play your last, you're, you know, you're one of 16 that have an opportunity to go play for a championship. It's a it's pretty cool cool deal. It's really good for our program, and, and I think our guys, hopefully this is just a building block for us as things continue to move in the future. I love the – I'm telling you, it's a great sport at that level. I wish you so much luck this weekend. And just to show you how there's so many players out there, the kid that's up for the Doak Walker Award from Missouri was a level down from yours. He was playing D2 football, which is just – I mean, think about it. And and the truth yeah. is there are guys in one A football every Sunday making plays in the NFL who – were not given a chance, you know, by bigger schools, but went to the, wherever they went, worked on their craft, went to work every day, developed. I got to ask you something. This um, this James Madison thing, and and how they've kind of made it look easy. How surprised are you by that? Uh not really, because when they entered the Sun Belt, they had like the second or third largest budget of any school in the Sun Belt at that right. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were kind of ready made to make that move, and they've been working themselves that way for you know three or four years. And uh, I mean, it's they, they've done a great job, no question. Kurt Signetti done a great job, but I think Mike Houston before him and whoever was before Mike. Um, had kind of laid the groundwork for that. They've invested in those athletic programs. It doesn't matter if it's football or basketball or softball, baseball, whatever it is. They're invested in those programs to be well. And, uh, you know, I think they have one of the largest one of the largest student fees in the country to help pay for everything. So, yeah. you know, that's that that's the thing. They've, they've figured a way out to get it, go and get it done. They've hired good people, and they've kept investing in the facilities and the programs to keep getting better. I mean, they, they they stepped into the Sun Belt and and went and, and became one of the best teams. You know, the minute they entered, it didn't matter where they were coming from. They were they were a group of five football team playing at our level at one time. Uh, well, and and the truth is, you, I, I'm from Pennsylvania, so when I go visit mm-hmm. family, you know, I'm a radio guy. I'm not flying. I'm driving, and so <laughs> uh, when I go visit family. I am blown away by the additions and the facilities sure. that they built on their. I mean, in the last twenty years, sure. It's so you are. They've been obviously loading up for this. Brian Hartman's got a question for you, Coach Brian. Jump in here as we talk with Rusty Wright, head coach, Chattanooga. The mocks on the road uh, against Furman. It's Furman's second round of the playoffs. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Coach, you had the opportunity to go to Tuscaloosa and play Alabama the week before you went and won your playoff game. Did you have anything to do with putting that game in that spot? And do you think, is that a game you'd rather play earlier? Well, I don't have anything to do with putting it in that spot. That's just kind of where Alabama tends to play um, FCS opponents. Um, You know, sometimes. Uh, I know, like next year, we open up at at Tennessee to start the season. So, but that's Alabama's deal with FCS opponents. It's that late. 
Um, it's happened to us a couple of times before when I was here as an assistant. We played Alabama late in the season, played Florida State late in the season. Um, but it just it's really dependent on who you have an opportunity to go schedule like that. I mean, and that's that's where they have a, a fit for a, or a need for a game when it comes to those things. Coach, you're the best. Appreciate your time. Anything else you'd care to say to Mox Nation listening across the world today? I just keep pulling for us. we got a lot of good things going on in this athletic department. We've got good men's and women's basketball team. Uh, softball's well. Volleyball's been better. I mean, there's a lot of good things happening down here in Chattanooga. So people come check us out or keep up with us online, however you got to do it. But there's a lot of great things happening at this university and in this athletic athletic department. So we take all the support we can get. Uh, Tony, I appreciate you having me um, on the call today and, you know, hopefully one of these days our paths will cross and we can meet in person because I'm sure we both got faces for radio. So it is what it is, man. But you, you, have a, you have a Merry Christmas, and hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. You too, brother. Thank you. And the great Rusty Wright, we wish him well. The Purple Paladins of Furman, very good at that level. And, and it just it boggles my mind how a Division II running back from Missouri, who plays at Missouri, is one of the finalists for the Doak Walker Award. That's Disney movie stuff. Truth is, though, there are D2 players all over the NFL, and there are 1AA players all over the NFL. Look at NFL rosters. It's Football is such a mystery. Such a mystery how those guys develop, when they develop, how they develop. It is... Um, it is uh, interesting. X listening to us says, I'll tell you this about Chattanooga. They have some pretty good players on their roster. He said they have two very good wide receivers. He said and they have an edge rusher that could play for anybody. So that's X uh, uh, assessing them. In the meantime, we will return, and upon the continuance, We'll get some calls in. We'll do a TLD Logistics Overdrive. Overtime. It'll be brief today because i got some week to do this afternoon. Uh, plus, we've got a uh, Tennessee post game this evening. Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime following Tennessee and North Carolina. They're doing a whiteout for the Vols. And they hate Rick Barnes over there. Holy Joe, are you listening? What's the guy's name, Brian, down in, uh, I'm sorry, I'm misremembering, Dave, I think, down in uh, Lenore City? Bino has really organized a bunch of Barnes haters down there in Lenore City, hadn't he, Brian? That Dave guy, I bet Dave and Bino get together. They really go all in at Marty. Marty. Ain't that Marty? Marty doesn't like Barnes. It's unbelievable. Bunch of, bunch of just mib. Lenore City. What's in the water? More after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people, the place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship, beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia, owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Carrie registered gemologist, assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Alabama, Georgia. 10-5, touchdown Alabama. It's the SEC Championship live from Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get out of here again. Alabama wins it. Cheer on the Tide this Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on the Bulldogs. Our coverage starts at noon from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. On your home for Alabama football, the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you. 865-200-5402. You know, Sean and I were just laughing during the break about how nutty everything is financially. And I think Watson Brown was speaking some truth last hour when he said, you are going to see, whether Congress gets involved in this thing or not, you're going to see this thing reprioritize, reorganize itself. Um, because right now what they're doing is kind of unsustainable. Uh, there is not an infinite amount of money in this world. There's just not. And it's an interesting nugget that Sean, I was telling Sean, that's an interesting nugget that Brent Hubbs was sharing where they're having to, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Sean, but it sounds like you're saying they're going to have to alter some plans shelve some plans um, that the athletic department wants to do. Look, funds all here, there, and everywhere are going to have to go into these rosters now. And the funds are coming from the same people. They're coming from the same four or five people. It makes total sense to me, Sean. 
Yeah, well, to, to be fair, and I would not want to miss, uh, uh, represent or put words in uh, Brent's mouth. What I, I'll paraphrase what I interpreted what he said was yeah. that the, the Anderson complex, the, the upgrades that were announced some time ago have been very slow to proceed. And then he said, the modern college kid, so this is a paraphrase. The modern college kid would much rather have NIL cash in hand than an octagon or a barber shop or a lazy river running through there. Now, now I'm editorializing. That's not what he said. Uh, or, or, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, a, a, a thousand foot gaming console or something like that. These kids want cash. And, uh, in, and, for, and this is not what he said. This is me speaking. Uh, you know, we were talking to you and I, the, all these things with, uh, you know, like they were going to have, uh, I don't know, drones drop off sandwiches for kids or so, you know, all this uh, 50 shakes or whatever. Kids, kids don't care. They want money. They want cash money so they can do what they want. And, and I get it. These were all just vanity projects for administrators. Um, and you know, no barbershop added a point to the scoreboard, you know, uh, was it LSU or somebody, Oklahoma was putting in the, the, the drone, uh, food thing to, so kids could order it. Those, those things are all silly. They're, they're, they're just, they're, they're almost like the Russian czars back in the day. Just, I mean, gold plating, a gold plated stuff just cause they had too much money. Well, yeah, while their people are out there starving, they're they're in gold-plated toilets. I mean, that's your exactly. point. And and I I was telling Sean, you know, back when I was a kid, we used to have these weight sets that you would buy like at Sears or whatever. Oh, and, yeah. and some of you not some of you young kids aren't going to remember this, but trust me when I tell you this. The the weight set, first of all, the bar that you benched on killed your hands and almost made your hands bleed it had like this grippy stuff on it and it almost made your hands bleed okay that and it would rust and it was nasty the second thing is the weights as you use them pulled them on and off the bar were encased in plastic hard plastic and they would break and then you would have cement laying all over the floor where you worked out like chunks of cement oh no that that wasn't the worst part the worst part was when you you were in your mom's house and they dropped and it broke some tile <laughs> because they were that is that yes. is that is good for a size twelve up your rear end right there, bruh. And it wasn't like you know, and and I can just imagine if you gave those kids a choice, go work out Basilio's weight set when he was wrestling in high school, or or you get to be in this opulence. But I'm going to give you a couple hundred thousand dollars for your time in trouble. They would say, give me Basilio's weight set. I don't need the rest of this stuff. And, but, and guess what? You never needed that stuff. Like a former player told me that went over there. Actually, several former players. When they were building all that stuff, the barber shop and this and that, and I guess it was fully Dooley was doing all that, doing all those renovations. They were going, these guys suck. These were guys that played on great teams. These guys, why are these guys getting all this stuff and they don't deserve it? And uh, it's just kind of com- – but they had to spend their money. They had to spend their money on something because they had so much money. Now the point is 
the kids are finally getting theirs. And for you old codgers that don't like this, well, you need to learn to like it because it's about damn time the kids got some money. Danny White makes $2 million a year doing a $200,000 a year job. Let's get real. Keep it real, people. Let's keep it real. So we are going to do a TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. I do want to thank our wonderful guest, Brian Hartman. You've been killing it this week with your guest list. You've been, like, off the charts. But uh, I want to thank um, the great Watson Brown who joined. I also want to thank uh, the head coach at the University of Chattanooga, uh, Rusty Wright, who was incredible today, who cracked on me and said I had a face for radio. I want to say a special shout-out to Andrew Jones. Many happy returns to him. And, Andrew, I do remember I do remember you as a member of the Atlanta Braves when um, you came from Caracal. Where did he come from, Bri? Where was Andrew Jones from? Why am I thinking Caracal? He was from the island of Caracal. Caracal, that's what I was thinking. I was like, Caracal's in Poland. It's Armando Bacot, not Baco. Armando Baco, Baco Bits. Let's hope Tennessee. You think you're thinking of Ivan Put? I'm thinking from, uh, from Krakow, Poland. Poland. Yeah.